Coffee isn't just a drink, it's who you are. We are Little Green Hive, and we're here to serve that perfect cup of coffee made just for you. We're women-owned and locally sourced. Our mission is to provide the best product for our customers, as well as strengthen our community. From fair trade coffees and teas, to breakfast, lunch, and smoothies, we have everything you need to start your day off right. And now serving our spring drinks. Come visit us in downtown Roanoke, Grandin Village, and Daleville Town Center, Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Hey everyone, real quick, we just want to thank all of you who voted for Hometown Stories and the Roanoker Magazine's Best of 2023 edition for Best Local Podcast. You, the listeners, awarded us gold. That's awesome. Really. We appreciate each and every download. Did you know you can also rate our show and leave a review? It helps us share the stories of our hometowns with even more people across the country and around the world. After you listen to today's episode, consider leaving us a review, rating the show, and subscribing. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. In the rolling green hills of McDowell, Virginia, sits a farm with hearts and hooves that roam free. Here, only the position of the sun dictates your day and the order of the pack is law on this land. Across the creek, Caressa Malcolm calls out to her, Bess. Her mane tussles in the wind. She stomps one hoof in agitation. We are in her territory now. Finally, she comes trotting across the field towards us. She is fierce. She is independent. She stands before us, oh, 22 inches away. In this episode of Hometown Stories, come with us on a ride out to Allegis' mini equine sanctuary where many hearts find a new home in green pastures just for them. It's a chilly spring morning and Caressa Malcolm has just wrapped up the morning farm chores. So come along, we'll show you some of what we have here. I brought a few in so you could meet them and see them. Carissa's farm looks like any other you'd see out in this rural Virginia county, except everything's just a little smaller. So Brownie and Snow were our first two uh, minis here. They started this whole little project that has grown beyond reason. Carissa holds out a hand to pat the head of two miniature horses. One is so small, she has to stand on a little block to lift her head above the door. No. I have to freak out for just a second. You're so cute. You know, if she hadn't come with her name Brownie, I'd have named her Tina because she just looks when they hit Tina Turner, right? You just see that. I am obsessed with you. You're precious. St. Eligius is the patron saint of all things equine horses. And veterinarians, too, I think. <laughs> Allegis is a sanctuary for miniature horses, ponies, mules, and donkeys. Today, there are about 22 equines total, basking in the sunshine, chasing each other in paddocks, or quietly grazing. The sanctuary is at the corner of a quiet country road just across the street from Caressa's home and cattle farm. We sit down at a picnic table along the small creek running through the property, and as we talk, a very naughty miniature horse named Adele begins exploring our pockets for treats. 
And she's a bad girl. <laughs> you want a cookie? But I shouldn't do this because that makes you really bad. Carissa has lived in Highland County for much of her adult life, but she grew up a city girl in Cleveland with that innate kind of love for horses most young girls find their way into and out of. But I always loved them. Even as a kid, I'd get in trouble for only reading horse books. And I read everyone in our school library, in the public library nearby. And they would always say, teachers of my parents, there are other books besides those. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> she moved to Virginia from the Midwest to work as a school psychologist. She met her husband, Joe, a farm veterinarian, and knew instantly she'd met her other half. She eventually settled into life in the small rural town where Joe's family had farmed for nine generations. At first, life was full of culture shock. Uh, it really is like stepping back in time, in some ways a good way for that. Like you can slow down a little bit here and you, you probably notice you can't access your cell phones here. There's no internet connections. So it's nice to be able to step away from the rest of life sometime and come. But it is actually fewer people here than when I came 33 years ago. After many years working with students, Carissa transitioned to retirement. Suddenly, she had a lot more time on her hands. I thought, I need to find something I can do here because they never really included women so much and the cattle raising and sheep raising, you know, when they needed help, they'd get us, but it wasn't really expected or encouraged. And so I knew horses was what I had to do. But she was getting older and a little slower than she used to be. And, you know, horses can kick hard. And as she visited other farms, something caught her attention. And we saw that the minis had to compete with big horses, you know, like the stall doors were way up here. So when they're in their stall, they just look at four wood walls. And so that's when we decided to build facilities that would be specific to their needs. And in 2016, Allegis Mini Equine Sanctuary was born. So we have about a 600 acre farm. This is one part of it. So those are our cattle up there. Carissa walks me around the property and introduces me to the current crew. Just behind the stalls, we find a family of three grazing donkeys, intrigued by the large black microphone that's been stuck in their face. Hiya, what is that? What is it? God, this is the best day ever. Oh, you can't eat that. The three donkeys use that bay. Um, you know, if it's raining, we kind of let that open so we could feed them. If it's sleeting, raining, <laughs> doing snowing, nasty stuff, they'll not be your best friends because you brought them, you gave them a cookie. As we walk to the next field, the trio of donkeys follow behind us. Life with open fields and treats can be so different from the lives these animals left behind. Many of them have been surrendered, neglected, or abused. You know, one that came in our farrier came the next morning, and as he went to clean his feet, they just bled out because they were so infected, all four. So we had four puddles of blood under his feet. But he's still with us. He's over there. He likes to hang out in his little shed. Um, and we keep them, you know, if we can make them comfortable, sometimes they're going to be lame for the rest of their lives. But that's okay. They don't need to run here. They can just 
handle life at their own speed. So, um, but there are times when we keep them for a while and we find we just can't help them and then we have to put them down, which that's always the hardest part of the job is doing that. Carissa says many of the horses come to them with bad feet, scabs, skin infections, matted hair. Some were turned out to the wild and lived at the mercy, or lack thereof, of the people they encountered. One horse named Gloria, hiding behind a tree today, still has buckshot lodged in her neck. You know, it's hard for me to understand how folks cannot take care of them or can just ignore them. And I, I understand as you age, it's, it's hard to do. But for the ones who are truly just neglected and left to do nothing or deliberately been mean to, um, that's hard for me to understand as somebody who had always wanted horses and it took me a long time to be able to have them in my life. Carissa says they handle and brush each animal daily. Taking care of them requires between seven and a half to nine hours of labor a day. They're a nonprofit, so everything is done with volunteers, donations, and grants. Being married to a veterinarian does help. I had one that had lived most of its life in a tiny little muddy pen. And the first time, you know, we kind of gradually allowed her a little bit more space. And the first time I opened the gate to a bigger area, she stood in the gate and looked at me like, am I really allowed to go out there? And it made me cry because, you know, just the look on her face was just something. But she did, and she really enjoyed that. And I was a little worried she wouldn't come back, but she did. <laughs> but this farm is not a place for sad stories only. Carissa also finds herself shedding tears of joy. Several of the minis and ponies and donkeys have found new homes through adoption. One horse has gone on to a farm where children in wheelchairs can finally reach a horse's velvety nose. Others find comfortable foster homes. And even little Gloria's foal was adopted by an Olympic equestrian. So we always love the Cinderella story. I mean, she, like, totally impoverished origins, um, running at large, her mama was, to, and she spends her winters now in Florida at their training facility. <laughs> You know, you know, one of these places, the chandeliers and the entranceways. When they can recover and they can go on to a good life and being useful out there and doing good out there in the world, to see some of the children's faces of um, who are interacting with our former minis, it's just kind of a wonderful thing. Bessie! Danny, come on. There are a lot of personalities on the farm and each horse is unique. Carissa says caring for them reminds her of her experience teaching children with autism. Sticking to a routine is important and change can be challenging. If you're over here at night and see them come in, it's like planes lining up to land and they have their pecking order, like which mayor comes in first and who comes next. And they never deviate from that. That is just how it is. And then once we get a new horse and introduce them to the herd after they've been through their quarantine and they don't know the routine, oh, they get upset. They're kind of like, mom, look at this. <laughs> you know, what are they doing here? There it is. Come on, guys, cookies. 
Carissa walks over to another field where two stubborn minis are waiting for the treats to come to them. Cookies. She's gonna make us walk to her, isn't she? Come on, sweetie pie. Come on, come on, Danny. Cookies. Come on, babies. We call them the micro minis because they're really small. <laughs> then we see her fuzzy little head appear across the field. This is the farm's smallest resident, Little Bess. Baby, good girl. Now, normally, horses are measured to their shoulders in hands. One hand is about four inches. The average American quarter horse stands around 15 hands tall, about 57 to 64 inches. Little Bess is so tiny, standing up, she is just 22 inches tall. That's smaller than your average Great Dane. And we'll get volunteers who'll come and maybe they've been used to big quarter horses, they'll say, I have never had to bend over to brush a horse before. <laughs> You'll love the story of Peanut if you want. <laughs> He's an old donkey out here. On the other side of the creek is where we find Adele, the naughty one. Don't you kick me. <laughs> and a little donkey with a funky haircut. Peanut here is an old guy. He's in his mid-twenties. Peanut slowly makes his way over to the sound of treats. He's graying and lame, and his mane looks like a toupee cut straight across his forehead. But from behind him comes another figure, a calf, peeking cautiously out at us from behind Peanut's legs. We discovered two years ago that he will just adopt the baby calf and kind of raise it as his own. Clara is Peanut's foster calf. Abandoned by her mother shortly after birth, Caressa and her husband knew Peanut would look out for her. The donkey spends his winter months at the sanctuary. Clara will go home with him as the weather warms so they can stay together. That's one of my favorite parts of this. It's like a 20-year-old donkey who's kind of lame, can have a purpose in life, you know? <laughs> they just love each other, too. She, um... I think I was telling you that they're the other rescue that had them, no one would take them because they all love Brownie. Caring for many horses is a tall order. Farm chores are never done, grants have to be written, and sometimes Carissa has the hard job of granting an animal the last act of kindness she can. But for her, these really are greener pastures. It's the job her eight-year-old self could have only dreamed of. She's built a sanctuary, not just for her horses, but for a special way of life. I love it. I love it. You know, I'm glad. You probably have heard all the stories of how hard it is for farm families. It's very rare to find somebody who's been farming for nine generations anymore. And it, doing this is a way to keep our farm lively and surviving and being a farm that doesn't get divided up and made into housing developments or some factory somewhere. But um, we had to do something because it just is more and more difficult. So this has been a good calling, I think, and I'm glad I can do that for our family.
Since 2016, Allegis has taken in 90 mini equine. Right now, they're at full capacity. The farm is always looking for volunteers. So to learn more about how to get involved and to see cute pictures of mini horses, head to our website, wdbj7.com. Next week on the Hometown Stories podcast, we're speaking with a man who has spent the better part of the last decade trying to sleep in every slave dwelling in the country still standing. Because the places are important. If we save the places, we save the stories of the people. Joseph McGill Jr.'s travels have brought him to Southwest Virginia to raise awareness for sites and buildings once home to the region's enslaved people. Next week, he's releasing a book, Sleeping with the Ancestors, co-authored by Herb Frazier. We wanted to tell the stories and have the enslaved people tell their stories in their own voices. We'll hear from both men about their book, the journey that led them here, and the stories of the ancestors they're working to honor. That's next week on the Hometown Stories podcast. Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.